You're listening to the Living Word Church podcast. To learn more about Living Word Church and our service times, visit us online at livingwordli.org. Today's message comes from our lead pastor, Doug Jansen. We're starting a new series here today called The Thoughts in My Head. And as many of you guys know, I was in the hospital for 63 days back in 2020 into 2021. And I've talked before about some of the different kind of like hallucination things that I had going on at times. Um, I, I told you, I know this, this first story, I told some of you guys about just waking up one night and calling my wife in a panic thinking I'd been kidnapped. And she, she very wisely said, Doug, you're not kidnapped. You're in the hospital. I said, no, I'm in a hotel. They kidnapped me from the hospital. I'm in the hotel now. And she said, just video the room. And um, I, of course, as I video the room, I realized I was in the hospital. And as a man, I would have rather been kidnapped than right, you know, of course. But um, so, so, you know, that happened. But a couple of things I didn't share was there was one night where I was having a dream or something. I don't know. But I had this like experience where I thought someone had swapped my oxygen mask with somebody else. And so I was pulling it off and I was like, I didn't want this oxygen mask on me. And I like kind of woke up to the nurse standing there like, put this oxygen mask on, sir. And I'm like, that's not my oxygen mask. We're going back and forth, going back and forth. Because what I believed was so impacting what I was doing. And finally I realized, and I apologized to the poor lady, you know. Um, another time I remember waking up thinking I was... I was in like the parking garage that they had run out of rooms and my bed was in the parking garage. And I remember thinking like, I hope like they don't cut a corner too, you know, too short. They're going to sideswipe me or whatever. And so I remember saying to the nurse, because the, the logical thought in my head, you can follow how logical this was, was, well, I guess um, though I see a hospital room around me, what must happen is, is like when I fall asleep or something, the floor opens up and then that's how they transport me into the garage. And so I remember actually asking the nurse, like, is my bed safe here being that the floor opens? up underneath me. And she's like, I'm going to go get some help, Sarah. You know, so she was like on her way out of there. But man, the thoughts in our head are so important, aren't they? They, they dictate how we then follow through and how we act. What we believe is so important. And so in this series, I want to talk with you guys about the thoughts in your head. And I want to make sure you know that I need to hear this too. When I got out of the hospital, my buddy Zach joined the party there with a uh, huge head of me and held it up in the, in the crowd that day, and it, we kind of use it in our house now. It's gotten a little beat up in the last year or so. We kind of use it in our house now just to prank each other, It'll end up in the shower or somebody's bed, or like the dog hates it, you know? But I bring this out today to say I need to hear this as much as anybody else. So Mark, come here real quick. Can I just, can I sit next to you, man, like during the message here today? All right, cool. So he's just going to put me on the chair there, because I want to let you know I need to hear this as much. You can lower it so that she's not distracted, because that's going to distract her through the whole thing. <laughs> Andrew said during, after, the first ser- after the first service, he was looking at leading worship, and he's like, you were just staring at me from the front row through the whole last song. But I, I need to hear this today. Like, I so badly need to, to think about the thoughts in my head. You know, doctors talk about neuroscience. I'm thankful for doctors, man. They, they were such a huge part of my recovery process and everything. But, but they talk about neuroscience. They talk about the way our minds are wired and the way that they work. And they talk about how the attention we give to something really sets up our minds to either solidify it or remove it. You know, like what we think about and how long we think about it and how much we have it on repeat is going to solidify how those thoughts remain in our minds and actually rewire our brains in certain ways. And so if you think about something enough or you are, you know, playing it over and over again in your head enough or you review it enough, it's going to con- 
you know, really kind of make a new pathway in your brain and then solidify and kind of set in. And it kind of reminds me of this piece of concrete that I have here. You know, there's going to be several similarities between this piece of concrete and you and I, our thoughts as I talk here today. I'm not calling you a cement head or a blockhead here today. I'm just saying there are some things that we can learn because just like cement is poured and it's fluid at first, right? I'm sure we've all seen cement poured or, or kind of stirred together and, and you see it poured out and it's movable, right? You, you can do something with it. You can form it. You can, you know, they, they poured this cement into some type of a mold and it sat there long enough to become that, to set in and to find its way into something strong and hard. And now you and I, in the same way, that's how our thoughts work. Something starts out fluid. You hear an idea, you have a conversation, you listen to a podcast, you read a book, and suddenly you, you, there's this fluidity in your mind. And what can happen over time is, is as you think about it, and as you meditate on it, and as you speak it, and as you talk about it, suddenly it sets in. And what's bad, though, is that there are so many negative things and so many bad things and so many things that are detrimental to our minds that over time we allow to not remain in that fluid place where we can kind of deal with it, but we allow it to actually set and sink in. And so today I want to talk about those thoughts in our heads. You know, this piece of concrete right here is 10% cement. It's about 20% air and water, 30% sand, 40% gravel. What makes up your thoughts? What things have set into your mind? What... It, you know, rewiring of your brain has taken place or what wiring of your brain took place even maybe from birth to the day, you know, we stand here together and you have these thoughts that have set in and why are they there and, and how do you change them? And neuroscience tells us that for change to come, we have to think new thoughts. I have to say that's, that's nothing new. The Bible's been telling us, us that forever, that we have to think new thoughts. And in fact, I would say the Bible takes us further than neuroscience does. As smart as all those guys are, way smarter than me, that God takes us further because neuroscience can tell us the problem. The problem is we gotta think new thoughts. Neuroscience can tell us our minds are wired a certain way and some things have set in like cement and there's some fluidity in there that maybe we could still work with, but no matter what, we have to think new thoughts. The Bible takes it further though. It tells us what thoughts to think. I can't just think new thoughts. If I'm just going to think new thoughts and that's going to change my life, I'm in trouble because my new thoughts are going to come from me and I'm a fallen person. And so my thoughts aren't perfect. And the way I think about myself and others in the world isn't perfect. And if I start to listen to other people's thoughts and I allow those to come to my mind and start to flow and start to take shape and become cemented in my mind, then suddenly I'm thinking other people's thoughts. Man, what you and I need are to think God's thoughts. Look what Isaiah says. He says this in Isaiah Chapter 55, verse 8, you can read it with me on the screen. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And so God says, I have a whole new way of thinking for you. It's not the way that you think. It's not the way that others think. It's not the way that culture thinks. God's saying, me as creator and as maker, I'll tell you who you are. And I'll tell you what you're about. And I'll tell you what the world's about. And I'll tell you how it runs and how it works and what will work and what won't work. You see, we have to fill ourselves with God's thoughts. If you're not a follower of Jesus, did you know you can have God's thoughts in your head? How amazing is that? God wants his thoughts in your head. He wants you to know what he thinks about you, not just what they think about you or what you think about you. He wants you to know how the world works and how he set it up to work and what will lead you to success and to good. And today I also want you to see the amazing sacrifice that he's made so that you can know him and you can have his thoughts 
in your head. So what we're going to do today is kind of be in a few different passages here today. And we looked at Isaiah for a quick minute there, but everything else that we're going to read from the Bible today was written by a guy named Paul. Now, if you know anything about Paul, Paul was somebody who needed a huge mindset shift. Okay, Paul had been ingrained. I just fell off the chair. Paul had been ingrained. Mark, that's your job, bro. All right. Uh, uh, Paul had been ingrained from the time he was young to have certain things solidify in his brain. As he went to school, he became a very religious person. He believed certain things. There were fluid thoughts that turned into very concrete ideas, and he became a self-righteous, violent man because of them. And he needed to rewire his brain, so to speak. But much more than that, he needed to think God's thoughts. And so today, I want us to see some of the things that he understood. And we're going to see really two things. Remember I said that your thoughts have some things in common with this concrete? Okay, the first thing is, is that when concrete is poured and in fluid form, you can overrun it. Do you know what I mean by that? So let's say they were working on this piece of concrete and there was too much and it spilled over. You have a window where you can overrun that concrete with water and clean it up, right? It hasn't set yet. And for some of us, there are thoughts in our minds right now that haven't set yet. They're fluid. And we're going to learn today how to stop those fluid thoughts from setting in with wrong mindsets. But there's something else that your mind and my mind and the thoughts in our head have in common with this concrete. It's that we can absolutely break it up as hard as it is. Mindsets that have been there, just like concrete that's been here. This was in my garage, by the way. It was there before I got there. It's probably been there for a really long time. And we can break up concrete thoughts just like we can break up this concrete block. It's some work. It takes some time, but it can be done. And so if you're like, Doug, I'm in trouble I've got some fluid thoughts in my head. I'd love to learn how to like stop those negative bad ones and re- replace them with God's thoughts. But what about those things that have been ingrained in me since youth or since the last year or two? Or like, like those are concrete. How am I going to change that? Man, we're going to see today exactly how to do that. So otherwise, man, we're going to be stuck with thoughts of anxiety, which I can relate to. I'm sitting right there. I'm telling myself I can relate to it. I can relate to thoughts of fear. We can all relate to thoughts of just the world. Where's it going? I was talking with somebody this week, and they're like, where's the world going? It feels out of control. Like, we all relate to that. I'm sure many of us in the room can relate to lustful thoughts and angry thoughts and hateful thoughts and all kinds of thoughts, greed, pride, selfishness. What do we do with all those mindsets? That's what we're going to see here today. When I had a house out in Center Reach, it was my wife and I's first house, and we were real young when we bought it. It was total fixer-upper. And my, uh, my dad, who's super handy, we started to talk about putting a window in the basement. And what we had to do is we had to cut through the foundation of the basement. And then, and then my job was to take the sledgehammer and beat this thing up. My dad's the handy one. I'm just the muscle. <laughs> my dad's the handy one. I'm just the guy who has to do all the jobs nobody else wants to do. And so he made this amazing cut, and now I have the sledgehammer. And I have to cut this thing, break this thing, break this thing, break this. I must have hit it a thousand times, but it finally broke. And for some of us, it might take some time. It might take some work. It might take some patience. But man, the mindsets that need to be broken can be broken. You can think God's thoughts. So how do we do it? Well, let's get through it here. I want you to see today that it's possible. Some of you are like, no, nah, Doug, I don't know if I could do this, man. My mind is so strong. My fear is so strong. My anxiety is so strong. My lust is so strong. My pride is so strong. I can't do it. There's no way. I've been thinking this way my whole life. I've been stuck in this mindset my whole life or these last several years or these fluid thoughts that are running through my head right now. I don't even know if I want to change them. Why would I change them? Well, let's look and see what Paul has to say. He says to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 10 to 5, he says, we destroy. Everybody say destroy. 
Okay, so we're not talking poke, prod, mess with, play around with. He says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Wow. So Paul says those concrete mindsets that have molded their way into our brains, oh, we don't just play around with them. We don't mess around with them. No, we destroy those things. And those things that are running through our mind, those fluid movements of that concrete, as, as those lies run through our head, as the fear runs through our head, as the anxiety runs through our head, we stop it. We don't just let it go and set in. I love the idea of taking every thought captive. You know, you can do that. You can choose what you think about and what you don't think about. It's not easy. I'm in the battle with you. But you can choose what you think about. We have to just take it captive. We have to stop it from running through. So my dog, Chewy, man, he is a maniac. And if you let him outside and there's a rabbit or squirrel within three miles, he's on it. He's going to go chase that thing down. There's times I've opened up the back door and he's just taken off around the house because he smelled something in the front. And there are times that we'll be outside and I see a rabbit, a squirrel, or a deer or something, and I just grab Chewy and take him captive because I know if I don't and I let him run, he's probably going to chase this thing out into the street and get hit by a car or something. And that's the same concept with the thoughts in our head. They, they, they want to lead us astray. They want us to run out into the street, get hit by a car, so to speak. They want to lead us to all kinds of places, and we just have to stop those things. But how do you do it? How do you fill your head with God's thoughts? So we're going to keep on working through it. But just like you can overrun concrete with water when it's in fluid form and clean that mess up, you can overrun those thoughts in our head that are fluid with the truth of God's word the truth of who he says he is, but the truth of who he says we are. He says in Ephesians 4, Paul says, put off your old self. Everybody say old self. What's the old self? The old self is just the old you before you knew Jesus. If you're not a follower of Jesus here today or watching online, there can be a new you. Pretty incredible. God wants to make a new you. So there's this old self, the old way of thinking, the old way of living because of the way we thought. He goes on. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Put off the old self. I'm sorry, and put, put on the new self, created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Paul says, there's this old you, but that's not who you are anymore. You're somebody new. God's done something new in your life. You're here today and you don't know Jesus. There's this, there's this you right now. And you know what? That's all of us. We, we were all stuck in one spot, mindsets all concrete, one way of thinking, one way of believing, one way of acting and living, and Jesus shows up and everything changes. We're not perfect. We don't never sin again. We don't never struggle again. We don't never have anxiety again. There's ups, there's downs, but there's a new way of living. God's changing us. It takes time. It's like beating concrete up. It takes some time, but eventually you start to see change. You eventually you start to see breakthrough. I think we have to recognize today that we can take every thought captive. By God's grace, you have that ability. We have to recognize today that we can put off the old self and put on the new self, get the right thinking and the right living that follows it. 
by God's grace. One of the things that I've done over the course of our marriage that drives my wife crazy is I wear clothes that are from when I was like a teenager, like literally that old. I'm not just saying I go buy clothes that I would have worn then. No, they're the actual clothes from when I was a teenager. Like I have shirts from like the 80s and 90s still. My, my heavy metal Christian bands. I'm not gonna throw these things out, you know? And so I'll wear around the house these shirts that have holes in them and stuff and she hates it, drives her crazy. I'll, I'm working in them, I'm just lazy, laying around in them or sleeping in them. And you know, there's this one shirt that I, that I had since the time we were dating when we were 16 years old. I think that's romantic. I'm doing it for her. Like, and she's not about it, you know. But she, over the course of our marriage, little bits at a time, has changed my wardrobe. I'm very grateful for this. She has bought me a new shirt for this event, bought me a new outfit for that event. And this shirt right here, I did not purchase this shirt. I was like, what a cool cloud shirt. And then I came to church and people were like, Doug, you're so trendy with that tie-dye. I'm like, it's clouds, it's not clouds. I think it's just clouds. You know, I had no idea. But every day, I have the ability to choose old or new. I have the ability to put on the old Doug or the new Doug. And you have the same ability if you're a follower of Jesus. And if you're not, you can have that ability. What do we choose? Again, we're not going to get this perfect, but we can begin to grow. We can begin to change. I think more and more as we know Jesus and follow him and we're close to him, and we know the truth, and we're keeping our eyes on him, we can more and more become like him and more and more choose to put on the new us. You know what? I'm going to think this way. I'm going to act that way because I think this way. Things are going to change. I'm not going to be who I always was. I'm going to live a new way because I think a new way because I'm thinking God's thoughts. Paul says to the Colossians in Colossians 3, set your minds. Everybody say set your minds. This is something you can do. Paul's not going to tell us we can do this. Paul wouldn't say set your minds on things if you couldn't do it by God's grace and strength. You have the ability and power to do this because God's in your life. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. He's saying, okay, let's keep looking to Jesus. Let's keep looking to heaven. We want to get all caught up in all the mindsets and all the concrete thinking of this world. He says, no, 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 keep our minds on things above, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, we didn't physically die, but that old us died, right? We're not that old us anymore. Sometimes we walk back there, we try to put that old us on, but that's not us anymore. We're a new us because of what Jesus has done. When Christ, who is your life, appears, so Jesus is coming back, everybody. By the way, we're telling people about this amazing news of Jesus, aren't we? Uh-oh. Okay, good. Somebody said yes. Good. It got quiet. The other day, I had a guy come over, give me an estimate on a fence for our house so I could stop chasing my dog down the block. And as he's over, he asks what I do, and I'm like, oh, I'm a pastor. And people give you weird reactions to that, honestly, these days. But as we're just talking, suddenly, man, and I wish I could say that I do this all the time. I don't do this all the time. But there was just this overwhelming thing that welled up in me like, I have the greatest news ever that this guy needs to hear. And just in a little conversation with him, you know, he didn't get it down on my knees while he was installing the gate and, you know, asked Jesus to be. There's no gate anyway. But, but I just shared the hope that we have, that we're, we're free of our guilt because of what Jesus did, that Jesus is the one we keep our eyes on. Like, we're doing this, right, church? Like, we're doing this. we got to be sharing this hope. But I love here, it says, when Christ, who is your life, by the way, he's our life. Like, he's our everything. Who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. If you're not a follower of Jesus, what amazing news. Not because you did a bunch of good things and a bunch of great rules and you went to church on Sunday, do you get to go be with Jesus when you die but because of what he did on the cross for us to rescue us. And it says this, put to death. Everybody say put to death. 
Like, it's a violent message today. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil, desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, remember, how do we do this? Well, he started out by saying, set your minds. Set your minds on things above. So when I begin to change the way I think, when I start to think God's thoughts and think about the things that honor God, I'm going to be able to begin to live a different way. Romans 12, Paul says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies. Everybody say, offer your bodies. That's something you choose. I'm going to offer my mind to this thought. I'm going to offer my body to this action. Paul says we could do that for good or evil. We could do that for Jesus, or we could do that in ways that's going to cause us to run after a squirrel out into the street get hit by a car, right? And so he says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, some of you guys have heard this story I told a long time ago, but many of you are newer to us. Um, When I was a youth pastor, just starting working with kids, I work with middle school kids, and there was this band back in the 90s and early 2000s called Living Sacrifice. They got their name from this verse, very metal, right? And so they were going to be coming to Long Island. And I told the kids, I was so excited. I got like eight kids in the youth group, and I just said, guys, this is crazy. I need you guys in a few weeks to bring 10 bucks because we're going to a Living Sacrifice show. And they all went. <laughs> like they thought, what? Living Sacrifice? They're like, no, 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 it's a band, it's a band, it's a band. Now some of us read this verse, and we have the same idea, like Living Sacrifice. Like what is that? Well, a living sacrifice is just, okay, this is the new me. And, and I'm not a dying sacrifice. I'm not a dead sacrifice. I'm a living sacrifice. I'm a living person following Jesus, a new person. And so I'm going to sacrifice those things that maybe I once held near and dear, and I thought were life, and I clung to them because I thought that they were going to satisfy me. But now I've realized how broken that is. I've realized that those ways of thinking aren't true and don't work. And so I'm going to lay that down. I'm going to sacrifice that thing, so to speak, because knowing Jesus is better. It's more fulfilling, and it honors him. And then he goes on. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? So if I want to change, how am I going to change? I could beat my body, you know, break my body. I could punish myself. I could deprive myself. If I'm going to change, it's going to be up here. It's in knowing the truth. It's in thinking God's thoughts. It's renewing my mind. You know, there's so many mindsets. There are jealous mindsets, greedy mindsets, lustful mindsets, hateful mindsets. There's a mindset for everything. And Paul says, by the grace of God, as followers of Jesus, we have what it takes for that mindset to change and for us to live the way he's called us to live. Not perfectly. That's why there's grace. That's why there's forgiveness. That's why when I still stumble, the Lord is good to me and he loves me and he carries me and he picks me up. But man, if we want to over, if we, rather, if we want to change, we have to overrun the thoughts, those fluid thoughts with the truth of who God is. And we have to break up old, hard, sunken mindsets with the truth of God. That's how you do both, by the way. How do you break up the old, hard mindset and how do you stop that fluid concrete from flowing through your mind? It's all going to be overrunning it with the truth of God's word who he is and who he says we are because of who he is. And then check this out. So as we transform our mind, it says this, then after you transform your mind or renew your mind, stop conforming, it says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's huge. Because so many of us right now are trying to figure out life. There's people all different types of ages here in this room right now going, what do I do for school? What do I do for marriage? What do I do for retirement? What do I do with this next season? Do I move? Do I not move? Do we stay? Do we, you know, what do we do? Well, here's God saying, oh, well, 
When you stop conforming to the pattern of the world and you break up that mindset or you stop the fluid of that thought in your head and you get my thoughts in your head, you're going to know what I'm leading you to do. You're going to see what, what I have for you to do. So here's what I hope you're seeing today. I hope you're seeing you can stop the flow of wrong thoughts in your head. You can break up mindsets that have been there for a long time. You can take every thought captive. You can put off the old self and put on the new self. You can set your mind on things above and you can offer your body as a living sacrifice. Some of us just needed to know we could do this today. And it's not because we're great or there's anything special about us. It's because we know a great God and we're in a great relationship with an awesome Savior. I've told you before, my dad's really handy. Me, not so much. And there's been times I've said, Dad, I'd really love to do this in our home. I'd love to put that, take that wall down. I'd love to put a beam up there. I'd love to, you know, cut through this concrete slab in the basement like I told you about. I don't know how to do it, Dad. He's like, I got it. I got it. Just, just come do it with me. Cool, Dad. Let's go get the tape measure, Doug. All right. Come back. There's like a hole in the ceiling. Like there's a new beam up. There's like, he's like, all right, just, if you could take the pencil and just sharpen that with the utility knife, that'd be great. And maybe get some coffee and some bagels, like. So I'm in on it, but it's him. And that's our relationship with Jesus. That's how we change our minds. Like we're in on it, but it's him. We're close to him. We're watching him. We're a part of the process. We're involved, but it's gonna be him doing the work in our lives. Walls can be removed and beams can be installed and cement slabs can be cut up, but it's gonna be the work of God doing those powerful things in our lives. I love what Paul says in Philippians 4. It's the last few verses we're gonna look at today. Because I think some of us today are like, well, what do I really do, though, with my mind? Like, Doug, you're telling me think God's thoughts. That's really vague. Uh, Doug, you're telling me to stop these other thoughts and in, instead put these new thoughts in my head. Like, what does that look like? Well, let me give you some things to aim at. Paul says this in Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true. Everybody say true. Paul says think about what's true. Think about what's true. What a great grid for should I be thinking about this or not? Is this going to lead me to somewhere beneficial or am I just going to be scared out of my mind if I keep thinking about this? I'm going to be fearful. I'm going to get no sleep. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be lustful. What's, what's true? The Greek word here is alethes. It means it should be true, honest, or genuine. What thoughts are true, honest, and genuine? Let me, let me get my mind around those things. He says, whatever is noble. Everybody say noble. The word here is semnos. It means reverent or holy. So if I'm thinking about unholy, something unholy right now, I'm chasing a squirrel out into the street and I'm going to get hit by a car, right? Like I'm headed somewhere dangerous. But let me, by the grace of God, stop the fluidity of that thought or break up the mindset with the truth of God. Whatever is true, whatever is noble. It goes on, whatever is right. The word here means right, just, or fair. Whatever is right. So just thinking like, is this thought running through my head right now right? Like I'm thinking about taking out vengeance on somebody. I'm thinking about paying somebody back. I'm thinking about getting ahead in an un, a dishonest way. I'm thinking about how can I increase my influence but, you know, maybe knock somebody out underneath on the way. Like, like okay, that's not the thoughts of God. If he's not thinking them, I don't want to be thinking them. Whatever is pure. Everybody say pure. This is a huge deal. So like right now in our world, there are entire systems built up to try to destroy our purity. Like that device on your phone or that device that is your phone, there are entire systems built up. There are people marketing right now trying to figure out how to get you and I off track. The TVs that we have, the computers we have. I mean, I have all these devices. I'm not coming against the device. But just so we know, there are whole systems trying to dismantle purity in our lives. And God is telling us, Take it captive. 
You can. It's hard. Harder in 2022 than ever before, I'd say. But you can take it captive. You can stop the fluid thought and you can break up the old mindset as you think my thoughts. Whatever is lovely, the word here is prosphiles. It means lovely or beloved. That's pretty cool. Just think thoughts that are lovely. What's lovely? A sunset? A friend? God's faithfulness? Well, I was just thinking about my jealousy and my anger and how can I get myself ahead? Well, let me just think about God's faithfulness. Let me think about that friend who was really good to me. Let me just take in this sunset. Like, we can choose what we think about and fill our minds with. And then he says this at the end, whatever is admirable and if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. Think about that. Like, are my thoughts filled with things that are praiseworthy? Like, are they worthy of my praise or are they just trash or are they detrimental to me and to my relationship with God and others? Because I want to fill my mind with things that are praiseworthy. And Paul just closes it up. He just says, real simply, think about such things. Think about such things. Fill your mind with those things. Replace the old thoughts with God's thoughts. You're not the old you anymore. You're alive. God's done something new in you. Now, just replace the old thoughts with God's thoughts. Those are the types of thoughts that God has. His ways aren't our ways. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. So let's get around true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. Now we're starting to think God's thoughts. Some of you guys are like, I don't know, I don't know how to do that still. Well, man, what's your struggle? Google a verse. Verses on anxiety. Verses about fear. Verses about lust. Verses about pride. They're going to pop up and then you carry that thing, man. You, you can memorize it. You can keep it on your phone. You can make a little sticky note thing. You, can, you just keep that thing, and then you, you speak it out, right? You allow there to be a new wiring of your brain. And this is not just, oh, let's rewire our brain with happy thoughts. I told you, that gets you nowhere. I got to have God's thoughts. So what's your struggle? Man, we've all got them. Mindsets can form in our head like concrete, but they can be broken up because God's that big. Concrete, fluid thoughts rolling through our head. But we can stop them and take them captive and replace them with God's thoughts because God's that big. We overrun them with the truth of God. We break them up with the truth of God. We're going to continue this series next week, and we're going to get specific. Today was kind of an overview. I wanted you to know today you can do this because God's in your life. And if you'd say, I don't have God in life, you can leave here today knowing God's in your life. But Next week and the week after and the week after, we're going to get specific about certain mindsets and certain struggles that I think we all have. But the thoughts in our head are so important because they dictate what we do. Recently, I was feeling really condemned. The words running through my head are, I'm a failure, I'm a failure, I'm a failure, I'm a failure. And as those thoughts are going through my head, I start to realize this is crazy. This is fluid garbage running through my head right now. And I got to stop this. And the thought hit me, and I wish I could take credit for it. I can't take credit for it. I feel like God just kind of planted this thought in my head. The thought was this. I'm a failure, but I have a great Savior. Which will I think about? I'm a failure, but I have a great Savior. Now, some of the things that were being you know, said or, or, or I was saying to myself, or I'm sure the enemy's throwing all kinds of lies at me about being a failure, some of them were, were untrue. Some of them were true. But either way, I have a great Savior. And so what am I going to fill my head with? I've got to be getting to just run with that. I've got to let that be the thing that is not just fluid, begins to set into my mind. What's your struggle? What do you hear? Do you hear 
cheat, it'll be worth it? Do you hear, ah, purity doesn't matter anyway, that's old fashioned? Do you hear, it's all good, don't worry about God, do it yourself? Do you hear, get back at them? Do you hear, there's no hope? Do you hear, life's never gonna get better? Do you hear, you're worthless? Because it's time to replace every single one of those with the truth of God's word. Let me give you a really clear example of what this looks like. Max Lucado writes about a girl who's 13 years old named Rebecca Taylor, and she's had 55 surgeries in her life. She's been in the hospital over 1,000 days. My 63 days is nothing compared to that. And her mom has suffered greatly seeing her daughter go through this. And this is what her mom, Kristen, wrote recently on her blog. She said, the past week's new landmine was the phrase, possible hemorrhagic stroke a phrase I heard dozens of times used by numerous physicians. Over and over and over, that phrase filled my mind and consumed my thoughts. It was emotionally crippling. She says, I presented my request to the Lord as I had done so many times before, but this time, this time I needed more. And so using Philippians 4, 8, and 9, which are the verses we just read together, I found my answer. She says, finally, brothers, whatever is true. She says, what was true in my life at that particular moment, the blessing of all family members eating to get dinner together. Whatever is noble, the blessing of enjoying each other's presence outside of a hospital room. She says, whatever is right, the blessing of experiencing my two sons' daily lives. Whatever is pure, the blessing of all three children laughing and playing with each other. Whatever is lovely, she says, is the blessing of watching Rebecca sleep peacefully in her bed at night. Whatever is admirable, the blessing of an honorable team working tirelessly on Rebecca's care. If anything is excellent, the blessing of watching a miracle unfold or praiseworthy, the blessing of worshiping a Lord who is worthy to be praised. Think about such things. I did, she says. As I meditated on these things, I stopped the dreaded phrase, hemorrhagic stroke, from sucking any joy out of my life. Its power to produce anxiety was now rendered impotent. And when I dwelt on the bountiful blessings in my life happening at that very moment, the peace of God that transcends all understanding, guards, my heart and mind in Christ Jesus, and it did. A true, unexpected miracle. Thank you, Lord. And that is how we do this in the real world. That is how we stop the flow of horrific thoughts, terrible, real thoughts, and we get our minds on things above because we could choose to set them there. And we put off the old and we put on the new. And we present ourselves as a living sacrifice and renew our mind. And suddenly, in the midst of a very real horrific situation, we can walk in the peace of God because we've set our mind on him. You, by the grace of God, because you have a huge God, can do the same right where you are, whatever you're going through. And so can I. If you're not a follower of Jesus today, I told you before that Jesus died for you. I told you that your relationship with him is all about his grace. You being in heaven one day isn't about you. It's not about what you did or didn't do. It's about what he did in our place. And he wants you to know him. And he wants you to begin to see change in your life. And he wants to begin to put his thoughts in your head. What an amazing thing. If you want to put your trust in him, I'm going to give you a chance in just a minute. But this week, man, can we fill our head with God's thoughts? Let's pray. So, Lord, we come to you asking for some pretty big stuff right here, God. 
that our thoughts would be your thoughts. That's not something that comes naturally to us, but it's your absolute desire for each and every one of us, and so we ask you for help today. I would just encourage you now, whether you know God or not, to just bring him some of your thoughts. Maybe some fluid thoughts that are not quite set in yet. And just say, God, help me take these thoughts captive. Stop them right where they're at. Maybe for some of us, it's a mindset that we've had our whole life. And just saying, God, would you break this up? I thank you that this can be broken up. This is possible. You can do this. Paul said we destroy every argument and take every thought captive that opposes the knowledge of Christ. Would you pray about your struggle or struggles? Maybe it's bringing it to Jesus right now and saying, I'm so scared, God. I'm just so anxious. Fill my head with your thoughts. God, I'm so lustful. I'm so stuck in porn or sleeping around or just making bad decisions. Oh God, fill me with your pure thoughts. Be it anger or unforgiveness, you're so mad. Maybe at God, maybe at somebody else. And it's just saying, Jesus, would you fill me with your love? You know your struggle, would you approach him with it now? I encourage some of you guys during this last song to maybe not even sing along with us, but take your Bible out or your phone out and, and Google and find a verse or two that you can grab a hold of. Because I don't want you to leave here today and say, man, I wish I could change it, but I'm still not sure what to do. You, you know what to do, right? You take that truth. You find that verse or two in the scripture and you begin to think those thoughts. Those are God's thoughts about that struggle. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him today and ask him to be your savior and begin this journey with him, I'd love for you to pray with me now. You could say something like this. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for wanting me. Thank you for forgiving me. Jesus, thank you that I get to be with you in heaven one day because of what you've done for me. And God, put your thoughts in my head. Help me to think your thoughts and live a new way.